Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Because there's been some times down through the years where some things have happened, but you've always gone back. You've always gone back. Now, I don't know what that means. That means something to you, not to me. But there's always been this go back attitude, this go back. Today, that go back is broken over you and go forward is in you. That's it right there. That's it right there in Jesus' name. What's up? Praise the Lord. Let's look down here at verse 17. Familiar portion of scripture, but I think it I think it's worthy of some teaching and preaching this morning. Verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God, everybody say the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. And peace. Everybody say peace. And joy in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, several years ago, actually many years ago, probably about, oh Lord, about 15, maybe 16, 17 years ago, in studying and meditating on this scripture and actually doing some, some teaching on it, preaching on it, uh, the Lord began to show me and began to deal with my spirit that, you know, a lot of people in the body of Christ, a lot of Christians, a lot of people, and you know, when we, we, when we make that statement, we're talking about our company, our group of people that, that have the revelation that we do in the Word, that are saved, born again, heaven is your home, uh, God is your Father, Jesus is your Lord, the Holy Ghost is in you and upon you, uh, um, that we should be uh, uh, able, you know, out in the world, in the world system, uh, we should be able uh, to be uh, discerned. You should be able to tell the difference between us and the world. Amen. There ought to just be something about us. Something about us that when the world looks at us, they say, now they're different. There's, there's something different, whether you're a business owner, people come into your business, and I go, I go get donuts here, and I go, get, uh, I go to the bank over here, and I go uh, do this. But when I go over here to this shop, right, now those people are different. There's something different about those people. Wherever you work, you know, people come and deal with you, stuff like that. And, and, you know, they deal with this person, deal with that person. But when they come to you, that's their testament. That person's just, that person's different. There's just something about them that's different. Now, God wants you to know that he wants the world to see that in us. So the Lord spoke to me and said, there's a real problem with this joy in the Holy Ghost thing. And we'll see that in just a minute, how that is. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, Joy in the Holy Ghost is what the world needs to see in us. They need to see this overriding strength, this, this, this heart, this attitude. Let me say it like this, this emotion. Because, see, the world is very familiar with the emotion of happiness. Happiness comes, happiness goes. You know, I mean, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan or a Houston Texan fan, you're finding that out this year, aren't you? Hey, man. Some days Roy comes in and, they, you know, I, I think I'll let Roy preach tonight, you know. And then uh, other times Roy comes in and I said, we need to cast the devil out of him, you know. <laughs> He's a Dallas Cowboy fan, amen. <laughs> happiness comes, happiness goes, and that affects us too as believers. But there ought to be something greater than that, something stronger than that on the inside of us. That's not, that really doesn't matter what happens to the Cowboys or the Texans or what happens to the economy or what the doctor says or what the banker says or what they say on ABC, CBS, or CNN. Amen? 
But there's this strength, there's this attitude, there's this emotion in us that the world doesn't have. What's the old song say? The world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. Well, listen, if the world didn't give it to you and the world can't take it away, the world should be able to see it. So the Lord spoke to me and he said, in a lot of my people, there's no joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, I know a lot of times we equate joy in the Holy Ghost to, you know, some meeting we had. I know several uh, meetings that we had during our conference. I mean, the Holy Ghost just boom, just hit. And people ran and people shouted and people danced and, and danced and, 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 and rolled on the floor and laughed. There are other services where people came to the altar and wept and cried and consecrated. There are all type of emotions to the move of God. Amen. But see, you must understand, joy in the Holy Ghost is more than that which happens in a, quote, Holy Ghost meeting. Joy in the Holy Ghost, the Lord said it to me like this, joy in the Holy Ghost is God's presentation of us to the world. They don't know what it is, but they see it. They don't know what it is, but they know that it's on us and not on them. They don't know what it is, but they want it. There ought to be something about you that makes all those around you want what you have. I mean, you know, you think of the idea of a Christian walking up to a non-believer and saying, you know, here's the Christian. He's, he, he has no money. He's broke. He has no joy. Amen. He has no peace. Amen. Uh, he's, he's mad. He's angry all the time. And so he goes out and he says, I think I'm going to go out today and win some souls. So he goes, knocks on his neighbor's door. And he says, hi, I'm Joe Christian. I love Jesus. Do you want what I have? And guy said, no, I really don't. I'm kind of holding out for a deathbed experience myself. Because <laughs> if that's what it means to be a Christian, I don't want to be a Christian. Amen. And you, you know, we may laugh at that, but there are people out there that look at, quote, Christianity and think, I don't want that. Because if I become a Christian, just like you used to think, if I become a Christian, that's it. Fun's over. No more fun. No more pleasure for sure. Amen. No, none of that, none of that, because if you're a Christian, it's all about what you can't do anymore. Where's my amens at now? But we may not think that in here, but that's what the world thinks. Why do they think that? That's what we've showed them. That's what we've showed them. So we're going to have to show them something a little different. They're going to have to see something in us that they look at us and say, Man, we had the same hurricane you had. We've got the same doctor's report you've had. We, had, we were involved in the same layoff you were involved. What makes you different than me? And that's when you can say, let me show you. It's this guy I met named Jesus. And you can introduce him to Jesus. Amen. So the Lord spoke to me and he said, now, joy in the Holy. The reason people have no joy in the Holy Ghost is because they have no peace. And the reason they have no peace is because they do not understand righteousness. Now it says here, the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Peace. Everybody say peace. And joy in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say Holy Ghost. Now you must understand that you are going to have to under, that you're going to have to realize that what we are doing here, this expression of life and lifestyle, is not based on what we would call legalism or law. 
That's exactly what he's talking, going to the, into the details of what it means by meat and drink, how Paul was addressing some situations in which they were having a lot of the meat that was sold back then had to do with temple worship in the demonic temples of those large metropolitan cities where they'd bring in animal sacrifices, they'd butcher the meat, and then they'd sell it in the open market. There was a dispute whether or not Christians should buy it or not. Well, Paul was kind of like, if you're hungry, eat it. Just don't worship their gods. But then he said this, it may be a stumbling block to your brother or sister. So there was this big dispute on whether we should make up a law of whether we should or should not eat that meat. Paul said, but that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not in the law. It's not in legalism. It's not in the do's and don'ts. We've seen that throughout the ages of religion since Jesus rose from the dead. There's always been people that want to take and implement what they think we ought to do according to their mindset or their law. So we have people, you got to dress this way. You got to walk this way. You got to talk this way. You got to look this way. You got to act this way. And it's a bunch of have to do's that you ever can't get right in the first place. But now we've studied where the word says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. So we've got to understand that there is a liberty that comes when you really embrace the reality of who God is and the way he wants you to serve him. There is a liberty there that releases you from all the self-imposed legalism you would try to put upon yourself. Let me say it like this. It takes out all of the have-tos and it makes them get-tos. You don't have to come to church, you get to come to church. You don't have to pray, you get to pray. You don't have to tithe an offer, you get to tithe an offer. You don't have to read the Bible, you get to read the Bible. You don't have to be a witness, you get to be a witness. It is a liberty that you enter into, enter into, enter into and the more you enter into it, the more you enjoy it, the more God anoints it or rubs himself on it, the more supernatural it becomes and the more you enjoy living. I don't know about you, but I've been having a good time the past few years. Ever since I got set free from the devil, I've been enjoying life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. He said, my burden is easy. My yoke is light. If you're struggling financially, if you're struggling with your mind, if you're struggling in relationships, if you're struggling at your business or your job and your health, whatever it may be, God is the answer. Jesus brought the answer to us. The Holy Ghost reveals it and implements it in the body of Christ. Listen, all you've got to do is enter into it and live. And live. And live. So we've got a righteousness problem. Go to 2 Corinthians real quick. 2 Corinthians 5. Another another familiar portion of Scripture. 2 Corinthians 5. Now notice verse 21. Verse 21 says, he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Jesus did not have the sin nature in him ever, ever. But he came and took not only our nature, but he also made provision for God to forgive us by his blood from every trespass we've ever committed or will commit. Oh, I'm glad you're so excited. Amen. 
You talk about insurance, this isn't insurance, this is assurance. I'm glad to know that if I make a mistake, there's already been provision made. God had not have to think of sit up here and say, well, let me think about that, Rusty. Uh, didn't you do that two weeks ago? Now, you know, I may let you stew in that a while. Let a little condemnation, guilt come on you. A little depression. Let you squirm in that a while. See if you'll do that again. God doesn't do that. God says, I've already cleansed you through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just appropriate the blood. Get free from it. Confess it. Don't do it again. And if you're in a place where you can't help yourself, then believe me for deliverance where you don't have to do it again. I'll take the have to and the want to out of you. So we must understand that many times when we begin to think about ourselves, what we are, now listen to me very closely, what we are is sin conscious. We're more conscious of the things we do that may or may not displease God than we are conscious of what he has done to deliver us from that and cleanse us from it even if we do it. Did you get all that? So we become sin conscious instead of righteousness conscious. But it says he, God, made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now you should have shouted, ran around the church three times on that one. Because I'm telling you, many of the major denominations of the world, of Christianity, will not tell you, will not look you in the eye like I'm looking you in the eye right now and tell you, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. They'll tell you someday, when you get to heaven, you'll be, oh yeah. Now, if you're good enough, if you go out and you, you, you do all God tells you to do, they, they basically leave it in the arena of your behavior producing it for you. But honey, if your behavior could produce it for you, Jesus would have never had to come. No, you are born again the righteousness of God in Christ. How many were born the first time into the human family? Four or five of you, you don't ever put your hand up. Well, <laughs> now when you were born into the human family, you were born a human being. Amen? You were born a human being. I mean, there was not a sign over your little crib that said, human gonna bean, human wanna bean, human someday gonna bean. No, you were as much of a human being the day you were born as you will be the day you die or the day the rapture takes place. Are you with me? You are born that way. When you got born again, as just like you were born a human being, when you got born again, you were born again the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Your righteousness is your right standing with God. It is the legal right for you to approach the throne of God. It gives you all the rights and privilege afforded you by what God has provided for us through redemption. It is your access. It is everything that you need to be who God says you are. And when you begin to realize, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I have the same right standing with my heavenly Father that my Savior, Jesus Christ, has. Then that removes the number one thing that keeps you from receiving from God. You know the number one thing keeps you from receiving from God? Your sin consciousness. I'm not good enough. 
I don't have enough faith. I hadn't confessed it long enough. I missed church two weeks ago. I missed three meetings in the conference. I didn't tithe four months ago. And the devil, he knows how to keep a list and bring up to you all your faults and failures and to try to keep your mind locked into a place in which you think, I haven't earned it yet. Therefore, that's why I don't have it. See, the devil is a master at trying to explain to you why your prayer hadn't been answered yet. Let me, let me try that again. Some of you really need to hear that. I said the devil is a master at trying to explain to you why God hadn't answered your prayer yet. You don't have it yet because. Then you can begin to fill in the blanks. Because I kicked the cat and I watched that TV show I shouldn't have won. And I listened to all the Elvis's music and I did this and did that. And you know, you come up with all these things that do what? They make you conscious of your old nature. And then the devil says, this is why. This is why you're still struggling physically. This is why you're still struggling financially. This is why. But see, when you begin to realize, not by works of righteousness, which I have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved me. And when he saved me, he gave me that righteousness, not self-righteousness, but God-righteousness. I have right standing with God. Between me and God, it's okay. He is my father. I am his child. I share the inheritance of my Savior. I love him. He loves me. I'm walking through this life in right standing with God. Could you imagine how the old, the people under the old covenant, the nation of Israel, Moses, Joshua, all of those people yearned to have right standing with God. But all they basically had was a promissory note of a covenant. They were saved looking toward the cross. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, all these died in faith having not yet received the promise. That was their salvation. That was their right standing with God. But we've been saved looking back at the cross, saying, my, he has delivered us. He has set us free. He has saved us. He's taken the iniquity, the motivation to sin, and he's removed it from our hearts and put righteousness. I am now the righteousness of God in Christ. You ought to get up every morning and put your hands up and say, thank you, Lord. He that knew no sin was made sin on my behalf. And because of that, I am, I am, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And every time the devil tries to put a thought in your head of you're no good and you're worthless and condemn you and put guilt, you say, no, devil, no, devil. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you've got a problem with that, go talk to God about it. Don't talk to me. Now, if you can ever get a handle on that, you say, how do I do that, pastor? Simple. Same way you got saved. Believe it in your heart. Confess it with your mouth. I've spent 30 years confessing I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you, Father. He that knew no sin was made sin on my behalf. And because of that, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you for my right standing. Thank you that you are my heavenly Father and that I am your child. I thank you, Lord. Nothing can separate me from your love. Not death, not life, not things to come, not things past, not things present, nor demons, nor principalities, nor governments. Nothing can separate me from your love. And because of that, I have right standing with you. I have your favor. I have your grace. When I make mistakes, I've got your mercy. And I thank you, Lord, that you care about me, that you see me as an individual, not a mass of people, but as an individual. You know me better than I know myself. You've counted every hair on my head. And I thank you, Father. You've got a plan and a will for my life based on the righteousness that you've given me. Say that every day for a few months. 
you'll feel better about yourself. It'll deliver you from a poor spiritual self-image. So many people say, stay so weak and so condemned. And, oh, you don't know what I did. And we, yeah, man, just, you know, but that, that's not even relevant. Sin, get forgiveness. Get the blood working in your life. If you perpetually sin, get delivered. You can do it. You can be set free. No matter what you say, alcohol, drug, but I just can't do it. I got an alcohol, drug problem. I'll tell you, I just can't. Yes, you can. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the earth. You just got to get the want to out of you and get the want to of God on the inside of you. So, once we begin to discover our righteousness, you know what comes then? Righteousness is a revelation. Then peace comes. That shalom of God. The putting together, the assembly of parts of all the blessing and all that God wants to do in your life. Peace is a manifestation. Listen, when the whole world's in turmoil, we ought to be at peace. At ease. Say, aren't you worried about this? Aren't you worried about that? What about the government? What about this government? What about atom bombs? What about dirty bombs? What about chemical warfare? What about this? What about that? No, no, I have peace. Aren't you afraid? Aren't you dismayed? Aren't you uh, depressed? Aren't you discouraged? No, I'm encouraged. No, I've got, I've got the peace of God that reigns. Why? The kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness. Now, once we understand righteousness, peace comes. Go to, go to Isaiah real quick. Look at Isaiah. Back in the, back in the old covenant there. Isaiah 32 let me find it here. Oh, yeah. Isaiah 32. This is a good one. You ought to underline this in your Bible. Isaiah 32, verse 17. Listen to this. I like this. And the work of righteousness shall be peace. Oh, you missed a good opportunity to shout. Now, that means righteousness goes to work. That revelation that reality of your right standing with God. Nothing you could produce for yourself. Our self-righteousness, the Bible says, is its filthy rags. But the righteousness he imparts to us by faith through believing on him, the Bible says that righteousness goes to work. And the work of righteousness shall be peace. And then the effect of righteousness, quietness. Everybody say quietness. And assurance. Oh, glory to God. Quietness and assurance forever. Now, now you say, what do you mean by that? Well, first of all, all of your problems try to communicate to you. Have, has your problem ever tried to get loud? You're sick. You're broke. You're depressed. You're, I mean, it gets loud on you. Amen. Well, no righteousness comes in and goes to work and produces peace. It tells the disease, shh. Quiet. It tells the financial problem. Shh. Quiet. Shut up. Not so loud. Amen. Right. I got right standing with God. But the doctor said, no, by his stripes I'm healed. I've been delivered from the power of darkness. Translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Darkness, sickness, darkness, disease, darkness, poverty, darkness, lack, darkness, addiction, darkness, depression. I've been delivered from the power of darkness. I've been translated. 
into the dominion. The kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That revelation of righteousness goes around to all your problems and says, shh, quiet. Quit causing such a ruckus. Shut up. This person has right standing with the creator of the universe. This person, he's like a favorite of that guy up there that speaks universes into existence. And, and, and their problem is nothing to him. So you're going to have to be quiet because he's giving them assurance. You're assured of your healing. You're assured of your prosperity. You're assured of God working in your life. You're assured of blessing on your business. You're assured of whatever it is. You're assured, I've got the answer. I've got right standing with God. I can come boldly before the throne of grace. I don't have to be a priest. I don't have to be a pope. I don't have to have been a missionary for 35 years. I don't have to do this. I just got born last week, but I still have the same access. The same access as Billy Graham. The same access as Oral Roberts. I still have the same access. I did not earn it. It was imparted to me at birth, my new birth. When I got into a new family, in my family, there's no cancer. In my family, there's no addiction. In my family, there's no divorce. In my family, there's no depression. I'm in the family of Almighty God. So problems, shh. Assurance, yeah. You begin to think, well, the Word says. The Word says. Doctor tells you, yeah, but the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. It quickens. It makes alive my mortal. That word mortal is death doomed. It makes alive my death doomed body. Thank you, Father, for healing in my body. I'm assured of my healing. I'm assured of my prosperity. I'm assured of my deliverance. I'm how, many, how many here, you're born again, you're assured of heaven? See how it works? And I go, oh, I don't know, man. I got saved. But oh, I hope he comes when I'm doing good. Boy, I tell you. I know how that feels. I used to be like that when I was a kid. I'd look outside and see if there's any clouds. Jesus said he's coming back in the clouds. So if it was cloudy, I'd be watching over my shoulder. There wasn't no clouds. Hey, we'd just go crazy. He ain't coming back today. There ain't no clouds. (laughs) Amen. Well, that's the type of mentality you can get a hold of. Oh, I hope, like the people used to, uh, the old Pentecostals used to preach, you would preach against the movie theaters and against movies would probably be a pretty good idea today. Most of the trash they're putting out there today. But this is what they said. Yeah, he's sitting in that movie theater. Rapture take place. He ain't coming in there to get you. Hey, Amen. He ain't going to rapture nobody with a cigarette in their mouth. I heard a preacher say that one time. He ain't rapture nobody with no cigarette hanging out of poor old cigarette. Got a fire on one end, a fool sucking on the other. Man, they knew how to beat you up back then. They scare the, they scare the hell out of you, amen? No, 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 no. You got, the, you got right standing with God. Therefore, peace. The Bible says it passes all understanding. When there's no reason to understand why you should have peace, you have peace. There it is. It comes on. I remember when the storm hit and we had all the destruction and we'd written that big check to the, to the people that came in and did all the cleaning. It basically emptied out all of our accounts. 
And Lee and I, we were standing in the, in the home we were staying in up in Lamarck. We were standing in the closet there, and we just began to, you know, almost agonize. What have we done? What did, what did we miss? How did we not get that flood insurance? Issue? What we and then all of a sudden, it just rose up in me, and I looked at Lee. I just took her like this, and I said, God's going to give us a miracle. And when I said that, the peace of God just went, See, that voice of the storm, you've just, the building's destroyed. You didn't have any interest. Oh, you're not going to make it. Shut down the church. Ah, yeah, I got you now. And then all of a sudden we say, no, God will give us a miracle. That was our righteousness speaking. And peace came on us. So we just went to work. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Well, let's get some place to find me. We went up there to the St. Louis, started having church. We started feeding people out in, the, out in the parking lot. We started doing this. We started doing that. We started going here, going there. God began to send money. Next thing you know, Easter Sunday, 2009. Here we are back rejoicing, glorifying, and magnifying God. And God gave us the miracle. Because of righteousness, peace, and then what? Oh, we aren't out here. Oh, we better work. Oh, my God. I hope I found some money comes in the mail today. We can't buy that sheetrock. No. We weren't like that. We were going about our business, and it was not comfortable. That's when you know it's working. We were not in our home. We were not in our church building. But bless God, we said we're going to have fall harvest this year. Brother Mark came. Brother Jeff came. We went over there to the, to the convention center up on the, on the uh, 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 seawall. And about 200 of us, 300 of us got together and shouted and praised and glorified God. We had our Christmas banquet that year. We just acted like nothing happened. You say, why? Quietness and assurance forever. And then that joy in the Holy Ghost. What the devil meant for harm. God turned it to good. You know, don't think people don't watch it. Don't think people don't see. Some of them are thinking, what were those people doing at that church last week? Morning and day, morning and day, morning and day. Then they see you coming out. The glow of God on you. Been in the anointing of God. You go to work the next morning, you ain't slept but three hours, and you're standing there kind of just kind of got that Holy Ghost stupor on you. It becomes contagious. I don't know how many times over the years. We'd be in camp meetings, seminars. We'd be in Holy Ghost meetings. We'd go out to a restaurant somewhere, and we'd be at the table talking about the things of God. And then you see the, the waitress. She, wasn't, she doesn't leave. She just stands there. Why? A joy in the Holy Ghost. The joy you don't get from a joint. Joy you don't get from a beer. Joy, you don't get from a shot of wild turkey. They're standing. Then you look up and there'll be tears rolling down their face. I remember one time we were in a booth down in Corpus Christi and we were talking about God. Yeah, praise God. Did you see that? Hallelujah. She said, yeah. And these people came popping over the top and said this. What are y'all talking about? In Ireland one time, we came out from a con back then. In Ireland, well, back then they probably still do. Most of the restaurants down in Ireland don't even open until 8 o'clock at night. People eat like between 10 and 12. And so we're in this restaurant, and man, we just came from a Holy Ghost. I mean, Black Rock Campus, they're a big college there in Ireland. We were having a conference there, and we just came from one of those Holy Ghost blowout meetings, and we're talking about this and celebrating and praising, and you know, everybody wants to hear, praise God, and hallelujah, and amen, all this kind of stuff. And the waiter looks at us and says, this is what he said, I'll never forget. He said, I've seen drunks come in here before, but I've never seen anybody drunk like you're drunk.
I mean, it'll get off on people. I remember one time I'm flying back from Europe. I'd been up in Finland. I'd been over in Wales. I'd been up in Scotland. I'd been in North and South uh, Ireland. And I'm flying back and I'm reading Smith Wigglesworth's book, Ever Increasing Faith. And I'm just sitting there reading it. Man, the more I read it, the more happy I get. And I guess those, the guy next to me kind of saw or sensed something. So he said, what are you reading? I said, a book about miracles. He said, do you believe in miracles? I said, Absolutely. He said, what, is, what does that book say? So I read him a couple of the stories. Next thing I know, the whole row on those L-1011s, they set five in the middle. I was sitting on, the, sitting on the edge right there. So all those people, those other four people, they're all leaning up like this. Next thing I look, the people on this side, they're all over here. The people on this side over, and I'm sitting there preaching to them. That's that joy in the Holy Ghost. That's that presentation. It's like this. Righteousness is the revelation. Peace is the manifestation. Joy in the Holy Ghost is God's presentation of us to the world. It's him saying, here it is right here. This is a child of God. Not broke, not poor, not addicted, not afflicted, not without answers. They love the Lord. I love them. This is what it looks like. That's what God wants to do with you. That's what the devil fights so hard. He tries to put circumstances. He tries to put situations in your life. He tries to do everything because he knows if you ever get to that place in life, you're going to live there and you'll fight tooth and nail to stay there. He knows that if you begin to glow with that anointing in your life where people see how blessed you are with everything that God does, who you are, your right standing with him, that peace. I'm telling you, we're going through the same thing the world is going through. It's how we go through it that makes the difference. They're getting the same doctor's reports. They're seeing the same news reports. They're having the same problems with their finances. And they're looking for a better way to go through this thing. We've got the better way. I said, we've got the better way. It's in you. It's on you. Righteousness is a revelation. You've got to get into the Word of God and see where Jesus, what He did for you, he took all your sin. He took the sin nature. He eradicated them upon the cross. He came out of the tomb gloriously victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Not only that, but he imparted to you everything that he is. Your righteousness, your right standing with God is not on a lower level than Jesus's. He sits at the right hand of the Father as the one that puts his arm around God and puts his arm around you and gives them both a big hug. That's what he does. Then he gave us the Holy Ghost on the inside and put it on the outside. So that that big family hug, he just squeezes the glory of God out of us. Sets us down in the world and says, this is what it's like. In the last of the last days, 2013, this is what it looks like. People have that eternal assurance in them. That God will take care of his people. Amen. You love the Lord this morning. Lift up your hands and thank him. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411. 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.